The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat Good day, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers are in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at Sons of Liberty Media.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel. Allah warns you about a hold to the book, the Bible. As the authoritative word of God, glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you would like to check us out online, please do so. SonsofLibertyRadio.com and also SonsofLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio. Head over to SonsofLibertyMedia.com and there you're going to see two videos at the top of the page there. The one on the left is Bradley's show from yesterday afternoon. So if you didn't get to see that and you'd like to check that out, you can do so up until 3 p.m. Eastern uh, today, at which time he'll be live in that area right there. On the right side of the page is where we're at. Click on the play button, uh, blow it up on whatever device you got, and then look for the Rumble icon in the bottom right-hand corner. Click on that, and you can join us in the chat on Rumble. Uh, we are streaming live to Rumble at Sons of Liberty Radio Live. That's the name of the channel. So we would appreciate you subscribing to that. Help us build that up, even though it's kind of interesting. <laughs> we, the, the numbers of subscribers go up. The numbers of the viewers seem to go down. <laughs> I don't know what's up with that, but uh, like I said, I'm I put no trust in any of these social media platforms, none of them. And um, though I like the format of Rumble and stuff, and I like their talk about free speech and all, um, as soon as they came in with their anti-Semitism, you know, specifically protecting a certain group of people that you can't say anything about, uh, I said, okay, there's a problem there. Uh, they're going to go down the road that everybody else goes. And you can guarantee that's what's going to go on. And boy, have we been seeing it, especially since they went public. So anyway, that's that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Anyway, we are streaming live not only to Rumble, but also over on BeforeIt'sNews.com as well. Top of the page there. There's two videos where we're one of those videos. And we appreciate those guys giving us a space up there as well. Right up under where we're streaming live is where you can sign up for our email newsletter that goes out once a night between 7 and 8 Eastern. You get all the uh, articles that we have for the day at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, including the morning show archive. So you'll have that in there. All the stuff that I'm going to talk about today, and this is pro this may ruffle some people's feathers. I know Bradley touched on it yesterday a little bit, uh, but this may ruffle some people's feathers. Uh, but look, I don't do it to ruffle your feathers, and I'm certainly not doing it to be a shock jock or anything like that. This stuff has been out here for a while. We, we've The stuff I want to share with you, we've had out for several months on uh on sons of liberty media.com long before tucker you know quit 
And some of the other stuff I've had out here for years. In fact, one of the first, the first thing I'm going to do is play a video for you that's been out for years and many people have never seen it. They've just never seen it. So um, we're going to get to some of that in just a little bit, but be sure to sign up for the newsletter. And then also on sonsoflibertyradio.com, if you want to follow the ministry and what, what we're doing each week and what we have upcoming, go to sonsoflibertyradio.com, sign up for that email right off the front page. It goes out once a week on Saturdays. And uh, it'll give you that exclusive content, some images. If you haven't, in fact, uh, Bradley's trip to Virginia, if you're wanting to see that history, if you've never been in those places, there's no doubt that when the colonists formed themselves and when the states were first set up and everything, there's no doubt it was Christian. There, there's just no doubt that, that you might can make the argument that Rhode Island wasn't. Okay, that's fine. But the states were Christian. Their laws were Christian. They were like what Charlie Stewart talked about on Friday. They were they were founded upon Christ and and upon the Bible. There's just there's no question. It's undeniable. Now, as we move along, we moved far away from that. All the states have moved far away from that. But the fact of the matter is that was the foundation that was laid. And uh, so there's a lot of images that are coming through in the uh, the weekly newsletter at sonsoflibertyradio.com. Okay? And then finally, if you agree with our message, you want to help keep us out there, there's a donate button at the top of the page, uh, sonsoflibertymedia.com. Click on that, make a one-time donation, or you can partner with us monthly as a son or daughter of liberty. And we do appreciate your support very much. We really do. Um, we don't do our stuff for the money, but everybody has to. Everybody has to eat. Everybody's got to, you know, keep a roof over their head and stuff. So that's basically the only need that we have. If those things are taken care of, we're good to go. All right. So there's a big stink about Tucker Carlson leaving Fox News. Now this shouldn't surprise anybody. It really shouldn't surprise anybody. But yet, what do we got going on? Well, I mean, we've seen people like uh, Amber Lyon leave CNN. And for Amber Lyon, as best I can tell, and looking at her background and even what she does now, it she is not like Tucker Carlson. She's nothing like Tucker Carlson. Um, she left because she was doing reporting, and we've tried to get her on the show, but she's she's constantly gone out of the country and stuff. So I I don't know if we're if we'll be able to get her on the show. But one of the things that she would talk about was she would do stories, and either they were completely killed. Uh, and I mean the story's killed, or they highly edited it to where all the good information that she had was left out. And so she felt like, okay, this is this is being controlled. And obviously we know that we know where that control comes from. At that time it was it was the Clintons who were in the White House. And of course we had we, we know the CIA has been involved in Operation Mockingbird. That's why I call it the Mockingbird Media. And um so, in fact, CNN used to be called the Clinton News Network uh, right around the time it was called the Communist News Network. I, I think that's kind of interchangeable. Anyway, the point is, is she left and went and did her own thing. Now, Tucker has had, you know, he's had his Daily Caller. He's had the Daily Caller Foundation. He's been on a number of other things before he got his spot with uh, Fox. So he's going to be OK. And um, and, and we're going to we're going to learn a little bit about Tucker in this uh, broadcast here. So just hang on. All the stuff I'm going to tell you is is documented. You can go see it for yourself. You'll see some of it here on the video platform if you want to join us on that and you'll hear it on the radio. Okay. This is the one I want to start out with. Now this is from years ago. Now most people, I'm I'm going to venture to guess, most people listening to this broadcast do not believe 
the official narrative for 9-11. I'm just, I'm going to take that, that you don't believe it, what the, what the media and what the politicians have told you, you don't believe it to be true. Now, there may be some who say, oh, well, you know, they have different versions of these, you know, of the story. And look, I, I don't even know what to believe sometimes. Uh, but whatever it is, most of you probably do not believe the official narrative of 9-11. Whatever scenario you lay out, you don't believe what your government has told you happened, nor what the Mockingbird media has told you it happened. So this is a this is a, a video from gosh, I don't know. This is maybe eight or ten years old. I, I don't know how old it is. It's it's quite a it's quite aged. And it's hard to find now uh because I had it up in an article to show people years ago uh what Tucker believed about this. And these are some guys. They came up and they're just kind of having a conversation. And look, he's a personable guy, he's a likable guy to hang around with and have a conversation with. I it seems like that to me. Um, but I want you to listen. It runs about seven minutes, but I want you to listen to the interaction here, uh, as it builds up to the, the official narrative of nine 11. And I want him, I want him to tell you with his own mouth, what he thinks about you. If you don't go along with the official government narrative, here it is. Yeah. Yeah. How you doing? I feel good. Hey, good to see you after uh, we met briefly at the event in 2008 in Minneapolis for Ron Paul. Oh, that was fun. I remember yeah. that. But you, but you had to leave early. What happened? Uh, <laughs> did you, why, did, why did you, why did you bail on Ron Paul? I'll tell you why. I didn't bail on Ron Paul. It's when Jesse Ventura got up and started saying 9-11 was an inside job. He didn't say that. Yeah, yeah, he did say that. No, he said that it was uh, curious why the FBI, come on, come on. Uh, you know, had been lauding on on on. Look, uh, I'm, I'm on the load. I, I got it. I was there, and uh, but. So you had to leave because that one. I was enraged. I was enraged by it. it wasn't controversial. So you were personally enraged. Let me answer a question. Sure. It wasn't controversial. It was stupid. And if there's any evidence that the government is behind 9-11, I, you know, I believe anything if there's evidence, but there isn't any. So knock it off. That's my view. Okay, but and I one, said that to him. Sure, sure. But one stupid person says something stupid at a Ron Paul event. Yeah, you, I, I, I hate that. And, and by the way, I am open to almost any crackpot theory about anything. It's just on that subject. Come on. You know what I mean? Yeah, let's not touch That's that one. For me. So just out of curiosity, then, what, what's your take on Building 7? Which explanation do you believe? <laughs> no, that's a serious question. Which explanation did, did I mean, it? Was which it, explanation? I, I there's believe... two explanations. It was either it was uh, it was pulled, or it was isolated pockets of fire in the building that blew that, that were sort of uh, let me, let me get, let me, the let me, two towers coming down that right. brought it down. This is a no-win conversation, so I'm not going to continue it. But let me just say one thing. The macro, my macro view is is the obvious one, which is the buildings came down because a bunch of nutcases flew a plane into them. Okay, so are you still supporting Ron Paul? I don't know. I, I wouldn't say I'm supporting Ron Paul. I like Ron Paul. I've always liked Ron Paul. So, are you supporting anybody in the race this year? No, I don't support. I mean, I don't. You know, I don't even. You're vote an objective somewhere. journalist. I don't even votes. I'm hardly objective. I'm honest. I'm not objective. <laughs> Certainly not afraid to speak your mind. No, I'm not. No, you can assess my views. They're very clear. You have any? But message? I hate that 9/11 crap. Wish they just kick those people out. I mean, I was supposed to be on the 93rd floor. Really? It's important for people whose family is involved to know the truth, whether or not the government was involved or whether it was terrorist, but there's a history of government-sponsored terror throughout the past century. I'm, yeah, you know? exactly. So what do you mean, kick them out? 
I don't know, whatever. <laughs> you, you, on, anybody man. who's a 911 truther should be should be kicked out of the the country. Of course not. I don't. You know, I don't. I don't even believe in parking tickets. I mean, please. I just don't. I think that people, before saying something that heavy, ought to present real evidence and not just it's a coincidence or questions remain and dumb. I think the, uh, the fact Things that like steel that. doesn't weaken until 2,400 degrees is evidence that, that jet fuel couldn't cause a collapse of the tower from being yeah. near the top. Except the thing is, it did. <laughs> so that's the problem. If steel doesn't melt until 2,400 degrees, then it didn't. Yeah, I All go right. back to our individual policies way back when we first funded Al Qaeda. Back, 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 well, not, yeah, back, back when they were fighting the Soviets. We, we gave them a lot of money. CIA, CIA pretty much trained them. I mean, I mean that's that's pretty much enough evidence for me that the government brought down the twin towers. You know, the government that the government was involved in bringing them to because they would not be trained. Because who because who trained them? The government trained them. The CIA trained them. Special ops trained them. All right. He can't I, deny I, that. So he can't much. deny that. You know, I don't know. I just it it seems to me that it it's kind of beneath sort of beneath like adult discourse even really i guess and it and it definitely discredits otherwise good ideas i just think that the implications that if if the government was involved the implications are so vast that it should be looked into whether or not it seems it has been ridiculous so for family members of the victims that are asking questions and want the evidence that's been withheld by the government released you would say that they're less than adults somehow for wanting that i would say that parasites like you make it much worse for them that's what i would say I'm a parasite now. Yeah. yeah, it's it's filthy to say things like that with no evidence, and you have none. So you should stop. That's my. Point. Well, hey, Tucker, as long as we're hanging out here outside no, of the no, scrum, no. you you look kind of like a parasite on Michelle Bachman here. <laughs> How, what what's what's a parasite? Uh, that, uh, you know what? I will say that's fair. I would say the press that's fair. The press are parasites. Yeah, yourself never... included. Of course. All right. Of course. A lot of people would say that humans <laughs> in general. Are. Yeah. yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. I gotta say, you're more fun to talk to than Michelle Bachman. Oh, I'm not running for anything. He's almost as fun as Frank. He's Frank. Yeah, we gotta talk to Frank, Frank Lutz wants... earlier at the Ron like Paul the event. <laughs> He's starting to figure out why liberty is so popular. He's, he's starting to get it. But there's an important distinction between liberty. I mean, I voted for Ron Paul in 88. I mean, I've been a Ron Paul oh, yeah? fan in a while. And this nonsense about 9-11 that morons like you keep bringing up. I mean, truly, that is just the most loathsome thing to say, I think. Well, I don't keep bringing it up. It's not really my shtick. I was just uh, wondering why you, you know, why you walked out of the convention because it's not really I think my it's issue. So awful. I think I'm, it's I'm just so awful. And by the way, it, it, it I, I just totally it... discredits libertarianism and the ideas uh, of Ron Paul and liberty itself. If you start <laughs> accusing people of things on the basis of no evidence, you don't what, think Alex don't Jones like has brought thousands of people to the message oh, of liberty? Uh, I know uh, uh, you hate Alex Jones. What do you? What would you say to Alex Jones? Uh, I'm not gonna. <laughs> this is your chance. He watches my channel. I, I don't know Alex Jones. I don't have any feelings about Alex Jones. I, I just think in order to imply that there was a conspiracy behind 9-11, you ought to have some evidence. That's all. And there's none. There's no evidence whatsoever. No, and I've done a lot of shows on it. I've read a lot about it. And I No, there are a ton of coincidences. There always are. Catch your watch.
Jones. <laughs> okay, all right. So I, I think uh, I think we're done with the part. But you hear what he's you hear how he talks to these. You're parasites for even at, for questioning your government over this. You're a moron for for questioning this stuff. And but he but he admits the press is parasites too, including himself. And you're asking how old the video is. I it's I'm wanting to say it's like 2013, 2014 because it's definitely after the 2012 elections. And I can't remember, but it was def. It was I saw it before Trump got in office, and that was it. Was probably a couple of years before that. So I'm saying 2013, 14, something like that. Okay, this is the guy that everybody's all up now. Look, I've played a Tucker Carlson uh, report once or twice. It's not to say that there aren't some right things that come out. Okay, but if you were to press Tucker Carlson and you were to show him the evidence. Uh, Tucker Carlson, as far as I know, maybe he did, but as far as I know, he didn't have anybody from uh, the engineers for 9-11, engineers and architects from 9-11 Truth on. He didn't have any of those guys. Let's see the evidence. Let's see the evidence of what was going on. He says, oh, but in that day it did. You know, Tucker, no, no high-rise building ever were hit with planes or any of that stuff ever collapsed in their own footprint like that ever in the history of man. And yet, three of them did it that day, and one of them wasn't even hit by a plane. And he wants you to believe that. And he thinks you're a moron if you don't believe that. He thinks you're a parasite for keep bringing it up. But what does is, what is Tucker gain off of that? What does Tucker gain off of that? Well, <clears throat> this, is what, uh, this is what he had to say on his exit from Fox News. And then we're going to get into some, we're going to get into a little history. I'm going to give you kind of his statement here, and then we're going to get into a little bit of history uh, on Tucker Carlson. This is what he had to say as he's exiting out Fox News. Good evening, it's Tucker Carlson. One of the first things you realize when you step outside the noise for a few days is how many genuinely nice people there are in this country, kind and decent people, people who really care about what's true. And I'll bunch of hilarious people also, a lot of those. It's gotta be the majority of the population, even now. So that's heartening. The other thing you notice when you take a little time off is how unbelievably stupid most of the debates you see on television are. They're completely irrelevant. They mean nothing. In five years, we won't even remember that we had them. Trust me, as someone who's participated. And yet at the same time, and this is the amazing thing, the undeniably big topics, the ones that will define our future, get virtually no discussion at all. War, civil liberties, emerging science, demographic change, corporate power, natural resources. When was the last time you heard a legitimate debate about any of those issues? It's been a long time. Debates like that are not permitted in American media. Both political parties and their donors have reached consensus on what benefits them and they actively collude to shut down any conversation about it. Suddenly, the United States looks very much like a one-party state. That's a depressing realization, but it's not permanent. Our current orthodoxies won't last. They're brain dead. Nobody actually believes them. Hardly anyone's life is improved by them. This moment is too inherently ridiculous to continue, and so it won't. The people in charge know this. That's why they're hysterical and aggressive. They're afraid. They've given up persuasion. They're resorting to force. But it won't work. When honest people say what's true, 
calmly and without embarrassment, they become powerful. At the same time, the liars who've been trying to silence them shrink and they become weaker. That's the iron law of the universe. True things prevail. Where can you still find Americans saying true things? There aren't many places left, but there are some, and that's enough. As long as you can hear the words, there is hope. All right. So as long as you can hear the words, there's hope. Government doesn't want you to have debate, you know, name calling, all that. Isn't that what we just heard in the video that I just played? Wasn't he calling them names? That's when you're in debate and you engage in that, it's called ad hominem. It's a it's a logical fallacy. You share information. What did the guys give Tucker in that video? They were giving him information. They were talking about certain things that had happened. They were pointing back to the history of how the U.S. government had funded some of these jihadis. And obviously they had done that with in, in Afghanistan. We, we know that. We watched them in our, we watched them, well, Afghanistan was in our lifetime too. Um, but I'm talking about in the 80s, they were doing that against the Russians. Then we're, we're going back in there under the bushes and under uh, uh, Obama and all of this. And we're in there and we're doing all this stuff. We were funding these guys. We were doing it in Syria. We've seen that. We've seen the, the CIA doing it in Ukraine. We've seen them doing it in Venezuela. And I'm telling you right now, the CIA is doing it here in the United States of America. Don't doubt me on it. They're, they're doing it. It's the same playbook. Same playbook that's going on. And Tucker Carlson says, well, we need people to tell the truth. We need all these kinds of things. And he wants you to believe he's telling you the truth. And sometimes he is. But I'll remind you, sometimes the devil tells you the truth. He's a good liar and he gets a lot of truth and he sticks that in that little lie in there and makes the truth a lie, right? However, we know that the opposite of that, of the lies, is the truth. And the Bible tells us Jesus said of himself that he was the truth, the way, the truth, and the life. If you want to know what the truth is, you go to Christ. Okay? You go to him. Now, with that said, um, there's you know a lot of these statements. We could probably pick apart his statements and kind of go through here and, and look at different things and, and pull those out. But I'm not going to do that. What I'm going to do is uh, break down a little bit of history here. Uh, for instance, Tucker Carlson. Um, and for whatever reason, my window is not helping me. So uh, I don't know what the issue is. We're going to try this and see if we can make it work a little better. Yep, okay. All right. So what we know about Tucker Carlson is he's he, he was born, same year I was, 1969, into a wealthy California family. His name is Tucker Swanson McNear Carson. Now, if you've got a name like that, <laughs> I don't know. I'm always suspect if a guy has four names like that. Okay. Uh, but I guess this is part of, you know, being wealthy and stuff like that. But his history is that he attended a number of private preparatory schools in California. And, um, he went to, um, let's see, California, New England, and he went to the St. George's School in Rhode Island. Now, Mr. Words is probably going to be able to tell you a little bit about that in the chat if you're over in the chat. Uh, but it was started out as an Episcopalian uh, you know, school there. And I ran across this particular article uh, that also says um, the guy who, who set it up, 
the refectory in name is named for the school's founder who began his career in 1896 as pastor of St. Columba's when it was known as the Berkeley Memorial Chapter uh, Chapel, left to found a school in Newport and moved it to Middletown. Converted from Episcopalianism to Roman Catholicism, he started all over, founding the Roman Catholic Portsmouth Abbey School in Portsmouth in 1926. And so uh, this, is, this is the kind of background that you have there. Today, if you go to that school, it costs you between forty-six and sixty-seven thousand dollars a year. Yeah, you don't get in there if you come from a family like me. You you just don't. You're not going to get in there. That's almost as much as I paid for my house. And they want one year of indoctrination. You know, you're going to pay for your indoctrination there. Uh, he then went on to study history at Trinity College, which is a private Connecticut liberal arts institute, and they charge about the same kind of you know, money. Um, his great uncle was Arkansas Senator William Fulbright. His stepmother was Patricia Swanson. Uh, she's the heiress to the Swanson Frozen Food Company. Yeah. He... Um, Described himself as a trust fund baby. So he's been the guy. That's why when you see the picture that I've got up on the video platform of him standing with these guys from Dynacore and he's got his AK in his in his hand. It, I mean, he isn't even holding it like he's going to use it. It's just kind of like a it's, it's like a prop. And he's got this, you know, frat boy look on his face with the smile. And he's oh, he, he doesn't even look like he's dressed for what he's doing there. But anyway. That probably explains a lot of this. Uh, in 2008, he said, I'm extraordinarily loaded just from money I inherited from a number of trust funds. So uh, Tucker Carlson isn't hurting for money. That's not the issue. His father was Richard Carlson. Uh, he's, he was considered an important journalist, high state official who was appointed by Ronald Reagan as director of the U.S. Information Agency. USIA. Um, they oversee government-funded media. Now, I got to ask you, should there be such a thing in the United States of America? The media, the press is to be a free press. It is to be holding government accountable, not government giving it money and going to put strings on it to hold it accountable. The, the roles are flipped in reverse. Okay. And it's not just that, but uh, they include Radio Free Europe. I don't, I don't know why we would be funding Radio Free Europe. This is the United States. Radio Liberty, Radio and TV Marty, and Voice of America, of which Dick is also the director. Okay, so you've got a guy in the information agency who is Tucker Carlson's dad who's basically funding and controlling certain media outlets. And there's no doubt that they're also controlling some of the uh, mainstream Mockingbird media outlets as well. And we saw some of that come out under the Obama administration where they were putting people in the newsrooms. Okay. These outlets are part of what the New York Times called a worldwide propaganda network built by the CIA. 
Why is it? Why is this important to understand when you're listening to Tucker Carlson? Because Tucker Carlson is 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 kind of like uh, when you get a Newsmax that comes in, or you get another quote unquote conservative outlet that comes in. Yes, they're going to tell you certain things. They want to gain the audience that Fox was losing. But I told people a long time ago when Newsmax came on the scene, I said they're just going to pick up from Fox. They're going to drown Fox. They're going to keep you listening to their guys telling you what they want to tell you. And they're going to be the next Fox. That that's what they're going to do. And by the way, Fox has been supporting a lot of the very things that conservatives, Christians, constitutionalists are opposed to. They were, they were supporting with funds the whole LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ agenda for, for well over a decade now. And we had reported on it, sonsoflibertymedia.com. They were doing that. Um, we're told that in 1990, uh, he met with uh, Robert Murdoch and Ted Turner and noted that, quote, international broadcasting played a very critical role, as was suggested by Mr. Murdoch, in the events that took place in the USSR and the Eastern Europe in the past couple of years. And in listening to his speech, it became clear that he saw his primary role as being to bring about regime change. In fact, he was proud of, of it, stating the following. International broadcasters were equally important in laying the groundwork for the democratic revolutions that we have seen. Isn't it incredible how Western, all those Eastern Europeans sound in talking about freedom, democracy, free enterprise, environmental concerns, and they didn't get those ideas from their own media or from textbooks in their own countries. They got them mainly from international broadcasters like Voice of America, the BBC, Radio Liberty, and Radio Free Europe. So his father was very you know, intimately tied to a lot of these things. In fact, his father was a key component, according to one reporter, and the ultimately successful attempt to bring down the leftist Sandinista government in Nicaragua, Nicaragua, excuse me, through hybrid warfare. The U.S. bombarded the country with incessant propaganda, funding local media outlets that preached regime change, amplifying fake news and scare, t and scare st uh, stories. This is from Alan McLeod at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and supplying enormous amounts of weapons and training to far-right death squads that labeled themselves Contras, short for counter-revolutionaries. U.S. trained and armed death squads would go on to carry out massacres across Central America throughout the 1980s, killing hundreds of thousands of people. And then what happened to his father? You say, well, this, is, this isn't about Tucker. This is about his dad. Yeah, but you know the apple falls doesn't fall far from the tree, right? That's the old saying. These are the things that are there. And so Tucker was involved with some of these things as well. So he was later appointed by none other than George H.W. Bush, Mr. New World Order himself, as a U.S. ambassador to the Seychelles. I... I I hope I said that right. S-E-Y-C-H-E-L-L-E-S, -E -L -L -E for those of you who want to check that out. And serve on a number of think tanks that are, quote-unquote, neoconservative. And the neoconservatives are, are very dangerous, too, okay? The neoconservatives are very dangerous as well. So, among these 
think tanks is the Foundation for Defense of Democracies, which is an organization that has been a front group um, at, for the is Israeli lobby. In fact, they said that Israel is a country under siege. It's a democracy in a part of the world where there are no democracies and it is under constant irregular terrorist attack and threat. That is just nonsense. That, that's nonsense. They are not a democracy. They do not like Christians. I'm going to tell you they don't. Go over there and talk to real Christians, real Christians in Israel, and you will see that they face persecution, yep, imprisonment, harassment, and, and large part by the Israeli defense um, group over there. So don't, don't buy that. But, but they're involved with these guys too. Okay, so there's a, there's a lot of different things, uh, you know, his dad was involved in. You know, we could point out uh, a number of things of which, you know, Tucker uh, played a part in this, this stuff that went on with Nicaragua uh, that Tucker says in his own words. Um, he said that uh, he, his roommate, which was the co-founder of the Daily Caller, guy by the name of Neil Patel, they went to Nicaragua at least twice to do what Tucker said was, quote, get involved in the war and support the side that was right, which was not the Sandinista side. Okay. And, and the issue for, for Tucker was, I got to thinking about this this, this morning, and I, you guys can come up with your own thoughts on this, but... If you remember, like in virtually every war since, that I can remember since Desert Storm, they were embed, and they might have been doing it long before. I didn't see any of the war coverage of like Vietnam or, or World War II or any of this stuff, but they embed these reporters with the troops. And I got to thinking about it and I thought, why would you embed regular citizen journalists in with your troops? And, the, and understand what I'm thinking here. If you do that, what are the chances they're going to come across something to expose the lies you've told to get us into a war? Pretty high, probably. Okay, Soldiers out there, they're just doing whatever they're ordered to do. Okay, But the journalist who goes out there, so it makes me wonder if all of the journalists who have been embedded in with the troops in these wars are not government operatives. It just makes me wonder that. Can't prove it, just makes me wonder it for a number of reasons, some of which you can probably add those reasons to as well. Okay, um, <clears throat> But here's, here's his dad over all of these things. And a lot of people like Tucker Carlson. As, as I said, I think, for me, I think Tucker Carlson's a personable guy. I mean, I could sit and have a conversation. Even if, even if he wanted to call me, uh, a moron like these guys, I could have a conversation with the guy. Um, but let's listen to Tucker's own words about his time in Nicaragua. I think this is very important. Take a listen to this. What's going on in Nicaragua? And I remember having very intense feelings about who was right and who was wrong. And so the um, summer after my freshman year, my roommate and I decided to go uh, down to Nicaragua for the summer and work and, you know, get involved in the war, you know, and support the side that we thought was right, which is not the Sandinista side. And, um, and we came away, I think, both 
learning that, you know, just a lot more complex than we thought. You know, that the good guys weren't as good as we thought. The bad guys were probably every bit as bad as we thought. But the two sides were commingling to a much greater extent than we ever imagined. You know, right. and other people's affairs are really hard to decipher. It's like somebody else's marriage. You never really know, you know, what's going on inside it. Okay, all right, so you get the idea uh, that he's he's sharing these things. Now, I think probably there's some good insight into that. Yeah, this is like that. This is why we need to keep our nose out of everybody else's business. And because it is like doing that, it's like going into uh, someone's marriage and trying to figure out what's going on there. It's it That's not meant to be our business there, okay? It's just not meant to be. So you hear his own words. Um, he said all of these kinds of things. His dad is over the information. So how do you think Tucker gets into the media route? How do you think he finally got in here doing this? What well, seems like he's got some help from Papa, right? I mean, that's what it seems like. And overall, Tucker aligns himself with quote-unquote conservatives, whether it be what's called conservatives, let me put it that way, whether it be Ronald Reagan, whether it be Oliver North, whether it be uh, Jesse Helms, uh, any of those guys, um, you know, he, he aligns himself with a lot of those people. And he comes across on, or he came across on Fox as though he was very conservative, right? I mean, that's how he presents himself. Presents himself as a thinker, even though you saw it the first, where we played the video where he says, if you don't believe the official narrative, you're a moron, you're a parasite. This is what he thinks about you who think for yourselves and say, hey, there's a lot of holes in this story. And, um, and Tucker's involved in all that stuff. And what a great mouthpiece to have to sway the masses to what you want them to think about things. Uh, I mean, how long was it before he's talking about uh, the convids and the shots and the serious nature of that? How, how, long, did, how long did that wait? Mm. Just, just keep that stuff in mind, okay? But uh, there's no doubt <clears throat> that the CIA was very helpful for him or for them, that Carlson was helpful for them in mudding the waters concerning the stuff that was going on. In fact, there's a declassified CIA document that is cited that says that Carlson aided the CIA in managing a nightmare. Yep. Yep. When you're getting props from the CIA, that kind of... Mm. That should, that should give you pause. I, that, that's all I'm saying. It should give you pause about what's going on there. Because the people now who are telling you the truth, they're being labeled as Russian disinformation people. Now, this came out after the 2012 election that they, were, they, they had targeted sites like the one that I own um, you know, myself, the WashingtonStandard.com. They took and they targeted that site. Google had it on their hit list, among other ones, and saying they were, we were putting out Russian disinformation. 
It's the same stuff that we're putting out on Sons of Liberty. But they were saying we're putting out Russian disinformation. I mean, when you have a, an, a, an unconstitutional agency who's acting in a manner that they have engaged in around the world, and they call you Russian disinfo, maybe it's probably because you're over the target. Uh, I, I'm just guessing. And I don't build myself up over anything. I just, you know, I see stuff. W let me interject this, though. When I was at Freedom Outpost and even at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, I never had anybody tell me what to write. Never had that. I had twice at Freedom Outpost where I was encouraged about two things not to deal with. One was we were reporting on the 2012 Tampa coronation of Mittens Romney. Okay. And my site, as far as I know, in our group of sites, was the only one going back and showing people what Mitt really stood for in Massachusetts, which wasn't a lot. I mean, he might as well not even call himself a Republican um, for what their platform was. Okay, He was completely against that, although he affirmed it to get his coronation. But we had a lady out of Nevada. She was a delegate, uh, a Ron Paul delegate at the time. And she got in touch with me. She said, I'm going down there. I need some help with a plane ticket. I'll do, I'll report for you every day. You can read some of my stuff I've done here. So I looked at it. I pitched it. I think the, 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 the group that, that I, uh, that I had worked for that owned Freedom Outpost, I think they kicked her over, you know, enough money to cover her, her airline ticket and all that kind of stuff. So she reported every day. And she was reporting the truth. And by the time we got down the last day, I get a call and he says, hey, are you checking the numbers? Man, we're losing a lot of people. And this, I said, it's the truth. All she's doing is reporting what's going on there. And I said, this is the last day anyway. I said, they've already determined that they're going to make Mitten King. So, you know, this is going to be the last day. So that was that was the only time I've, I've been asked. And it wasn't even, don't report on this. It's just, man, are you paying attention to the numbers? I was interested in the truth. I wasn't interested in the numbers. That's still the way I think. If the numbers are there, fine. If they're not there, that's fine too. Go look at Noah. Was he concerned with the, with the numbers? No. Was Isaiah concerned with the numbers? No. And I'm not comparing journalism to prophets of God. I'm just saying they weren't concerned with that. They were concerned with the truth. Was Jesus concerned? Was J John the Baptist, Paul, any of this? Were they concerned with the numbers? No. Did they want numbers? I'm sure they did. But the fact of the matter is they were concerned with the truth. And the other time that I was confronted about something was using the term sodomite, whether in the article or whether in the title. Oh, Google's going to turn us off if, if you use that term. You got I said, I'm not changing it. If you, it's your site. If you want to go in and change my words, it's your site. But I'm going to write that word. It's a biblical word. It describes what the people are done. That's the only time I've had anybody say anything to me that I worked for about what I wrote. And I don't know if Tucker is controlled in that manner. I don't know if he's controlled in another manner uh, or, or what. But there's no doubt in my mind that Tucker can, can play that role and yet stay within the confines of what he is. And I think this whole thing with Fox is just, it's just a, it's a WWE match again. I think that's what that is. But I think people need to see what he is because some people are calling for boycotting Fox. Well, you should have been doing that anyway, as well as every other Mockingbird media outlet. You should boycott all of them.
You shouldn't be watching it. I'll tell you what, do yourself a favor, because I know there's probably people in the audience who still watch Fox or they turn on MSLSD, which is MSNBC for people who don't know. I'm just joking around. Um, or CNN or you know CBS, ABC, NBC, all these places, okay? Turn off that television that you might have going during your work or when you get home and I, turn it off of that, put something else on, anything. Do it for two weeks and tell me you don't start seeing, when you hear news things, tell me you don't start seeing it different. You will. And it's part of why I don't, I just don't, I don't flood my mind with that stuff. I'll go in and get clips or something like that if I have to do it, but I don't sit there and take that stuff in all day. And there are people who do it. They really do. But in any case, this is, this is Tucker's background here. So the, the, the whole point is, is that later on, we're told that, uh, you know, he got in with the, with the Bushes as well. And um, so he, he, um, he, he, he does some interviews. You've seen him do the interview with um, uh, Bruce Jenner. Uh, in which he plays along with Bruce's delusion that he's a woman and calls him Caitlin. He wants to do that. Then in, in what was it, 2003, uh, I think it was, he did an interview with Britney Spears. And he was asking her, well, what do you think about the war in Iraq? I mean, who cares what Britney Spears thinks about the war in Iraq? But, but her response is nothing more than to prop up the guys who are running the show there, the Bushes, the Cheneys. She said, honestly, I think we should just trust our president in every decision he makes. <laughs> Whoa, what? <laughs> what? Just trust our president in every decision he makes. That is about the most foolish thing that you can do. And we should just support that, you know, and, and be faith. This is the lady who shaved her head, right? Who, who's going out there making a scene. Look at me, look at me about her dad running the show for her, you know, into her, into her 40s or what, how old she is now. We should just support that. And when Carlson asked her, do you, do you support the president in this? Yeah, I do. And he goes, excellent. It's really, it's really interesting, again, how he sides himself with the quote-unquote conservatives. And so when you, when you have that played out, people think he is a conservative. They think he is a constitutionalist. They think, maybe in some cases, they think he is a Christian. But here's the problem. I go back to Alan McLeod again. He talks about uh, this relationship between the Carlson family and Dick Cheney, um, excuse me, the chief of staff to Dick Cheney, Scooter Libby. You guys remember that guy? He says, along with Crystal, Libby was a founding member of the project for a new American century, the controversial think tank that pushed for the United States to become a global empire and take out any and all governments that did not comply with its dictates. Is that what the United States is supposed to be doing? No. In 2007, Libby was famously sentenced to 30 months in prison for his role in a CIA scandal, although he was later pardoned by, you ready for this? Not George Bush, 
Not Barack Hussein Obama, Satoru Sabarka. Not Joe Biden, Donald Trump. He was pardoned by Donald Trump. By the time of Libby's arraignment before a federal judge, Carlson had his own show on MSNBC where he defended Libby, stating, quote, this is a guy who devoted his whole life to the vice president. He's got little kids. He worked 18 hours every day for five years, end quote. But what he didn't say was his own connections to Mr. Libby. His father, Dick, again, this is Alan McLeod. His father, Dick, had employed Libby as his lawyer for some time and was even on the Libby Legal Defense Fund. That sounds like Libby, Libby, Libby on the label, label, label. You guys remember that? Uh, yeah, that's what that sounds like. Quote, I'm a good friend of Scooter Libby, Dick said in a 2006 interview on C-SPAN. I've been a friend of Scooter's for years. Scooter Libby is, in my view, a person of great integrity and character. Libby and the elder Carlson also worked together to represent Monica Lewinsky and help her fund her legal fees. You see how all the family thing goes on here? Furthermore, the guy that he did daily caller with, uh, Patel, had worked for Libby for a number of years, rising to become his deputy chief policy advisor. And there is there is just so much here. I mean, we could go on for like two hours here at least with the information that's here. And we can see all kinds of issues of which either Tucker himself or his father involved. And there's no doubt that whatever his father is involved in, he's probably letting his son in on it. Okay. But here's Tucker. And... Some of his statements here. For instance, in 2008, here's what he said. It's beyond our control. I mean, if somehow the Iraqis decided to behave like human beings or something. Well, many Iraqis behave like human beings. Usually it's the people at the top that are the problem or your gangs that run around, right? Most people conduct themselves. They, they control themselves and they, they live the way they live. He said, it's beyond that. We can't. I don't think we can control. I think that the, that's the whole lesson of Iraq is that it is very difficult to control other people's countries. Absolutely right. But a few months later, after he made this statement, he said, Iraq is a crappy place filled with a bunch of, you know, semi-literate primitive monkeys. That's why it wasn't worth invading. Mm-hmm. They just they wanted to overthrow the guy that the U.S. put into power. In 2006, concerning them, he says, they can just shut the F up and obey, is my view. And you know, the second we leave, they're going to be calling for us to return because they can't govern themselves. You know, what? They, they were governing themselves before. But it, it's just, it's absolutely crazy, the, the, the mindset that we think we have to go somewhere and control somebody else or steal their resources. And that's what we do. That's why we engage in war, is to overthrow a government and put our own little you know, puppet in there or to steal their resources or both. That's why America, that's what America does now. Even my friend Kevin Shipp, who's a former CIA guy, and I know what everybody says, former C you know, once CIA, always CIA, whatever. Even he said that. 
that after the Cold War, they were looking for a means to justify their existence. And some of the guys went into some terrible things. I, mean, I know they were doing it long before that, but they were doing some terrible things to upset the apple cart in other places. So it comes on, on air and uh, on Fox, and here's what he says. He said, I'm an out-of-the-closet elitist. I'm an out-of-the-closet elitist. I don't run around pretending to be a man of the people. I'm absolutely not a man of the people at all. Even after he joined Fox as an analyst in 2009, he was still very frank about his role in the media. I am 100% his rhymes with which. Okay? Whatever Mr. Murdoch says, I do. Hmm. And everybody thought Tucker Carlson was a maverick. He was a truth teller. You know, we're getting close to the end. I'm going to have this, a link up to Alan McLeod's article. It's wonderful. It's lengthy. It's documented. You can click the links. You can check all the stuff that he's talking about. And there's some images in there as well. But I, I wanted to tie this to this because the Apostle Paul wrote about the fact that there are those within the church who are false teachers. And I don't think this applies just to the church. This is from 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And he says this, verse 10, As the truth of Christ is in me, no man shall stop me of this boasting in the regions of Achaia. Wherefore, because I love you not, God knoweth, but what I do, that I will do, that I may cut off occasion from them which desire occasion, that wherein they glory, they may be found even as we. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. What I want to say is this. Just like there are false apostles and teachers and the like in the church, they are in the world too, and they are there to deceive. And I got to tell you, what I see from Tucker Carlson, yeah, is there some truth that comes out? Absolutely. And we'll cover that on those things. I'm out of time. But at the same time, it's the lies that get you. It's the lies that get you. Keep that in mind in the days ahead with Tucker Carlson. Bradley, be with you at 3. Uh, Lord willing, we'll be back with you in the morning, 6 a.m. Talk to you then. See you.